0: Good morning. Uh, it's it's good to be with you. I'm not Patrick. Um, I am. My name is Brent Nichols. Most of you already know that um, we are missionaries in Niteroi, Brazil. And as Patrick mentioned, we've been on the field for now six years, and uh, we are just really excited to be with you. Uh, every chance we get to be with uh, you guys here, we we love. Uh, spending more time uh, this church is very has a very special place in our hearts uh, there are a lot of cast and characters here that we love getting to know and getting to spend time with and we appreciate all the support and love that you give to our family uh, and it's it's always always good to be good to be with you I was thinking a little bit about um, over the course of the last few weeks you know I've been giving reports at various different churches and Different people at different points in time will ask you know well, well why you know how did you get to be a missionary what did what caused you to, to do that and um, you know to be completely honest my my story of of, of arriving at the mission field is uh, it 's one of, of great perseverance with God kind of showing showing me the way but it 's not uh, as far as not the greatest story from from my, not from my perspective, it doesn't show me, paint me in the best light. Um, when I I went to college and I was I changed major, I don't know how many times, and eventually settled in and decided that I wanted to go into ministry. Uh, my father had been a preacher, and so I, I thought that I would like to maybe do something in ministry. And after I graduated from college, I started working as a campus minister. In Edmond, Oklahoma, I worked with uh, the Edmond Church of Christ there, and worked with students from Oklahoma Christian. I know that there some some of your own students have gone to Oklahoma Christian, and um, and that was a special job and one that I really enjoyed and loved. And as a part of my part of my job description was we went on campaigns. Uh, We went to uh, every we had a fall break trip where we'd go someplace in the United States and do work projects or uh serve in in various different ways and at spring break we go to mexico and we do um everything from you know putting on vacation bible schools to building uh putting on roofs on houses giving care packages so we did a lot of different things and then one year we decided to go to brazil on a a foreign campaign to kind of see what uh, a work an American-planted church would look like. And so I, I, I led a lot of campaigns and was involved with a lot of missionaries and enjoyed going to those places and, and staying for a week or, or sometimes less than a week and then coming, going back to, to my friends and my family and uh, going back to, back home. And when I was... I, I guess I'd been working as a campus minister for several years and uh, Jill and I started dating... And you know, fell in love, um, how could you not fall in love with Jill uh, it's pretty easy to see how how it might be di- more difficult from her end, but we were we were dating, and jill i don't even remember how it came up, but one time she said, "Brent, you know what I, w- I would love to, I think we should go and do mission work uh, and like I would love to go and." and live in a in a different country and and do mission work and and serve on a foreign in a foreign country. And here I am 23 24 years old with this this woman that that I that I do like and I might even might at this point I probably love love her at this point and think, you know, we have you know, I, I don't recall all the facts, but anyway, <laughs> I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of at this crossroads, and like, what what do I say to this woman? I mean, here I am. I'm a, I'm a minister, and I'm I'm always telling people, you know, it's it's our job. We need to go out and, and and spread the spread the gospel. And here I am faced with it, and I, so what do you do? I guess I did what most uh, young young men in their twenties did. I lied. I said, uh, I said, you know what, Jill. I would love to do that too and it literally I remember thinking in the back of my mind there is no chance that's happening no chance but you know she'll never remember that's not you know that that she'll she'll just think oh okay great and so Jill thought that she was uh, gonna get married to a guy that had a real heart for missions and I would like to I I do have a heart for missions I have a I had a heart for other people doing missions uh, it, was, it, was, it was good. And one day, I, and I kept, as a part of my ministry, I did keep going to those places. And um, eventually, you know, God worked on my heart and kind of brought me to the point where, um, you know, some of those attitudes were uh, kind of put, put to the side. And, and, and God kind of showed me, uh, you know, some of the opportunities that, are, that were present for, for Jill and for I, Jill and me. My English is terrible, um, but it it's it was great and amazing to see God work on me because I, I honestly we were at a, a a missions conference where I was speaking and, and I told that story and Jill had never she never knew that I lied to her until I told her in front of 250 of our closest friends, <laughs> and um, but honestly. It was just one of those things inside of me, the spirit and God worked to kind of bring me to the point to see uh, the things that I was hung up on. The, reason, the things that were keeping me from doing what God was calling me to do were just within me. It's not, uh, it's not anything. All of us have the ability and all of us have the talents and, and skill sets to, to be a missionary. Because honestly, being a missionary uh, isn't about location uh, it's, it's about your, your vocation and it's about doing the work that, that God has put, put in front of us. And so I, uh, I am grateful that God didn't give up on me and that God continued to uh, work on my heart because um, my time in Brazil has changed me in, in, in lots of different ways and it's given me a, a greater perspective and has helped me to uh, understand myself better uh, and hopefully, uh, I will continue to, to uh, grow, uh, not just spiritually, but intellectually as well. And God has really uh, blessed me and blessed my family uh, by giving us the opportunity to be in, be in Brazil. Uh, it's it's uh, always, uh, there's no shortage of, of funny things and fun things that happen on the mission field. But also, there, there are moments where it can be difficult, uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving are, 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 can be sad times, uh, people's birthdays, and, and just random holidays. Um, I miss Memorial Day, uh, and no one, even my other American teammates aren't really that excited to ce- celebrate Memorial Day, but Memorial Day was always a great time when we were able to get together with uh, friends and family and, and just have a day of, of reflection, and, and so there are, there are a lot of things that I do miss. But everything that we don't have, God has given us uh, nine and ten times over. Um, all that We are blessed in, in so many ways. And we are blessed because of, of the church here. And once again, I do want to just say thank you. Thank you so much for the support you give our family. Thank you for the support that you give our work. Because uh, it, is, it is awesome to see what God is doing in, in Brazil. And I thank you for that. And, and uh, I mentioned this in the Bible class I would love to just issue an invitation to all of you to come, come and visit. We really would love to, to show you around and show you what God is doing and, and let you put, uh, faces, uh, put faces with names and uh, be able to, to get to know uh, some of the people that are a part of our work. Have you ever um, seen something that needed to be done and not done it or put it off for somebody else to do? Uh, I am a good procrastinator. I'm very skilled at it. I, am, uh, I don't want to say it's a, a God-given ability because I don't think that God is, uh, is trying to cultivate that in me. I think that's from someone else. But it is easy, and as parents, it's really easy, especially we have two small children. Uh, our oldest is two and a half, and it's easy to come across something and decide, you know what, I'm going to leave that for somebody else to, to take care of. Uh, I I have no problem changing diapers. I like, I, no, 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 let me take that back. I don't like. <laughs> I have no problem changing diapers. It's, it doesn't really bother me. But I wouldn't say that it's something that I like to do. That's what I was trying to say. I occasionally come across it and think, you know what, I just don't want to right now. And so I don't I don't want. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands of anyone who's ever passed a dirty diaper to to your spouse, but there is, on occasion, I will see or smell a situation, and you know what? I'm not going to pick him up. I'm just going to go on and pretend like I didn't see or smell what I just came across. It happens. I, I'm here to confess. Confession is good. That has happened in my in in, in my life has uh, happened probably this week if we're being completely honest, but there are times where we come across a situation, we come across something, and we know what needs to be done, but sometimes we lack the desire to to actually do it um, and in and not in I would like to say with the diaper situation, it's not always bad to to leave that. Uh, It's good to give other people opportunities to serve as well. But in our Christian walk, it is, there are times where we see things in front of us and we see what God has put before us and we choose unfortunately sometimes to leave that for someone else or you know what God will God will take care of that if you have your Bibles will you turn with me to Luke chapter 10 this morning I want us to look at the parable of the Good Samaritan I know that uh, probably many of you are are familiar with with that parable and um, and like I say I don't think it's uh, I I just love the simplicity of what Jesus is is teaching uh, in this parable Uh, it starts in Uh, Like I said, Luke chapter 10, and we'll be looking in verse 20, starting in verse 25. Okay, Luke 10, 25. On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What What is written in the law? The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him, Jesus, told him, go and do likewise. I love this parable um, because kind of puts into perspective uh, something, at least for me, it makes it very clear kind of uh, what I should be doing when I, am, when I come across uh, people, people in need. Uh, here in this, this passage, basically the, the whole parable hinges on what happens when uh, people, people of God don't do what the work that God puts before them. Uh, in, this, in this parable, you have the, the priest and the Levite, and they pass by, and they come across this guy who has very real needs, has been beaten, left half, half for dead, and yet they don't, don't stop. Uh, it doesn't appear that they even kind of assess the situation. Uh, it kind of says it just seems like that they move to the other side and, and go about their business. Um, and then you have the Samaritan, uh, who in, in that culture would kind of be seen as the, the villain of the story, uh, just the way the Jews in, uh, viewed the Samaritans. And here he comes by, and he sees this, this man and has compassion on him, and doesn't just stop, but gives of himself, uh, gives of his possessions, and does whatever it takes to bring this, this man who has been beaten Back to health. Uh, he puts the oil and wine on him. He puts him on his his donkey. He takes him to the inn. Uh, he cares for him. Then he leaves money and says, "You know, if it takes more money, he does everything in his power to help this guy, uh, to meet this guy's needs, and to bring him back. Uh, I'm say to life, but to you know, to bring him uh, to the point where he is healthy once again. And I always think, I mean, it's kind of sobering when you think these people the Levites and the priests are men of God and to think about a very very basic thing caring and helping other people and in that moment you know I try to think you know what is it that that caused them to to just pass by I mean it could be a host of things they could have they could have had something else in their mind really important to do or they might have been with another task and most of the time when when people don't do the work that God has before them, I don't necessarily think it's something malicious. Sometimes we get distracted. And maybe, excuse me, maybe that's the situation here. But there is a consequence when the people when the people of God aren't doing the work of God. And I think that's something very sobering and should be very sobering to us. Um, as we sit and hear those who are members of, of this church body, those who wear the name of Christ, when we wear that name, there are certain responsibilities, there are certain expectations that we have put on ourselves and that, that God has given to us. Uh, there, are, there are certain roles that we need to fulfill in the lives of each other and also into the, to the lives of our, of our fellow man. And I think, you know, I don't know that we always take in to con- uh, really think about what are the consequences of when's God- when God's people aren't doing God's work. Uh, it's, it's something, you know, it can really, really hit us because we're, all of us are busy. Uh, I, I know that all of you have things going on in your lives and it's not always that we're intentionally not doing the work of God. But sometimes I don't know that we have totally opened ourselves up and are always looking for all the opportunities that, that God is, is, is putting before us. In this story, uh, in this in this parable, God is is, is uh, excuse me, Jesus is making a, a, a real uh, important and, and kind of a, a very a foundational point to us and, and to the to the teachers of the law. The question is: who is your neighbor? And who is, who is it that you that should be caring for? Because the original question is, is, what must I do to be saved? What do I need to do? And Jesus turns the question back on the teacher of the law and says, Well, well what do you think? What, do you, what does the law say? It says to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so for us as Christians, we need to really wrestle with this question about neighbor. Who is neighbor? Who is our neighbor? And as I mentioned at the very beginning, that's why I love this parable because it makes it very clear who our neighbor is. Who, who are the people that we need uh, to, to be reaching out and, and, and looking for opportunities to help. As Christians, we are about doing the, the work of God. We are about being God's hands and his, his feet here. We are the people who have Uh, opportunities all around us uh, in our jobs, uh, in our schools, uh, just in our communities, Uh, we have numerous people who have yet to come to know the Lord. They don't have that relationship or maybe they had one and they have fallen away and they don't realize the relationship that is there and the ability that they have, the access they have to to God, I I love uh, I shouldn't say I love I like it when people people will sometimes treat missionaries uh, uh, differently. Uh, sometimes when people will say things like I could never do what you do, and that's not true. Uh, any and all of us can can do these things. Because, as I mentioned earlier, the location of where you do the work of God is immaterial. Uh, g- Jesus is showing us that all around us, we have opportunities. The mission field is, is in Niteroi, Brazil, but it's not just in Niteroi, Brazil. When you go out those doors today, it is right there. It is all around us. We all have opportunities. There are people in your life that you can reach that I cannot, that uh, others of us can't, but you have an opportunity. You have a task. You've been tasked by God to be a neighbor to those people. It doesn't matter if you're a minister or an engineer or a school teacher or if you're retired. We all have the same job. We all wear the same name, and that name is Christ. And if we have that name if we are the people of God, we have a responsibility to do the work of God. I One of the things that I love about this church family is this church family does love the Lord. Uh, this, this church family supports missions in a very real way. And I believe this church family is, is doing things and wants to do things to reach, reach the lost of, of this community. I... I think when I look at this, at this parable, there are three things that, that really jump out to me that, that the, the Samaritan man does. First of all, is he has compassion, he cares about his fellow man. He cares, cares about his fellow man who is of another nationality uh, who may not necessarily view him in a, in a positive way. But he doesn't, that is not important. He cares for that person. The second thing that he does is he gets involved in the situation. He doesn't leave the dirty diaper for somebody else to take care of. He sees the need and he goes to work. And I think for us, that is something that we need to really take a look at because I'm, I know, speaking just to myself, that there are numerous situations. There are different uh, people I have come across in my life that, and that I know need something. They have a need, whether it be physical or spiritual or even emotional, and I know they have that need, and yet I stop and say, you know what, there's probably somebody else better equipped to handle or to deal with that situation. But if if that is the case, then why don't you help them get in contact with that person? Why don't you take the initiative and take the first step to help and it's very important that we not just care about people, but that we do get involved and then we invest in them. Uh, the, this, the Samaritan man invested in the, the person, this, the Jewish man that need, had need. The man who'd been beaten and left for dead, he invested in him. And we need to make an investment in people. It's not always with money, a lot of times it is with money, but it's, it's with our time, it's with our resources. It's to see, it's to do whatever it takes to bring that person back to health. And that's that's our job. We need to be neighbors to our to our fellow man. And our neighbors are people around the world, but they're people right here. And I am so so thankful for the mindset of this congregation. And I'm I, I, I want to encourage us all to, to look for. People to be neighbor, neighborly too, because I do, I do believe that each and every one of us has somebody in our lives right now that we can affect and reach and, and do something and help in some way that we can, at, at, at the very minimum, that we can just show them the attitude of Christ in, in what we're doing. But there, it's, there's a very real possibility that there's somebody that needs, they need to know about Christ and we have we have that good news we have that uh, wonderful wonderful uh, good news to give to them like I said I am very excited to be here I love this this church family and this church family does care about people this church family wants to be a neighbor and it may be that there might be someone in here tonight or tonight this morning That needs, that has a need, and we want to be a people that helps. If you have a need, whatever it is, if it's a spiritual need, uh, we want to be here to receive you, we want to be here to walk with you, and we want to be here to love you as Christ does. And so if we can help you in any way, would you stand while we, will you come as we stand and sing?